Hey folks, Matt McQueenie of the Mix Minus Musings podcast on Anchor. I am doing a daily installment of my uh, typical weekly or bi-weekly podcast, which I run through Libsyn and uh, release to all the different podcast platforms. But Anchor has a nice feature in it where there are some ability uh, or there is some ability to be paid potentially. And I wanted to try a different platform, something more quick moving maybe do 10 to 15 minute podcasts every day just to accumulate some topics, see which topics do best during the week and help inform what you do on the weekend or in the typical once or twice a week podcast I do. Um, So today I went with my wife to see a child psychologist or psychiatrist, not for us, but we have a four and a half year old and we have a just past three month old. Our four and a half year old is one precocious kid. Uh, we find, we tend to think he's very advanced. He's very intelligent, um, but he does have some interesting compulsions. He has some almost obsessive compulsive behaviors. Now, again, he's four and a half years old. Are we really going to hold that against him? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, anybody who has little kids, they do some weird things as their minds continue to mold and ultimately become the young adults and uh, adults they will become. But, you know, there's some things that you might see that are alarming and you just kind of want to nip it in the bud if you're a proactive uh, parent. So um, with the, uh, you know, with the three month old coming into the picture, our son, our four and a half month old Liam has, uh, has really in some ways regressed. Now you hear a lot of people say that when a second kid comes on the scene. And of course, our son Liam was uh, after four years old at this point, which is kind of tough. He's had four years. He's had a couple of years, especially where he's been cognizant of being the only kid, the king of the castle uh, or the prince. And uh, now a new guy comes into play and a lot of attentions are focused on that new guy. And they should be because a baby's uh, baby needs a lot of your care. Uh, there's very little a baby can do on its own. Um, it is fully at the uh, uh, you know at the care of its parents and extended families and such. So that four and a half month old and Liam sees this and just starts to kind of regress. Whether it's uh, you know going to the bathroom in his pants or whether it's kind of uh, lashing out at us and uh, our parents. Uh, those who are watching him and uh, and our three month old Connor, and it just becomes a, a little bit of a of an unten of of, uh, of a tenuous situation. I don't know why I was going to say untenuous. It becomes a difficult situation because you can't trust that the four and a half month month old or four and a half year old is going to comply uh, with the program. And when you need to take care of that three month old, it becomes difficult when uh, the four and a half year old is not being good. So we wanted to really kind of look into the possibility of a child psychiatrist to, again, nip any behaviors in the bud, um, or is it butt, bud, I think it's bud, and, uh, and just get some coping mechanisms for us of how we can better uh, handle the situations, because we really tend to lash out when it gets really intense. Um, and as anybody knows who has little kids, yelling at them really doesn't do anything at a certain, uh, at a, at a certain place in time at this age. Um, pulling things away from them doesn't do a lot. There just doesn't seem to be a lot that we're doing that uh, helps the situation when it goes bad. So we were looking looking for guidance in many ways and going to places like a child psychiatrist. So this morning, um, my wife and I headed to go see the, uh, a child psychiatrist um, with a satellite office in the town. We live in Sparta, New Jersey, in the northwest corner of the state. 
And uh, we went in there because uh, you tend to go in there as the parents first, get a lay of the land, um, talk things through before the uh, youngster, the four and a half year old would come in and meet with that psychiatrist on their own. Um, So I'm obviously, I mean, not obviously, you don't know me. I'm kind of leery of this. I just don't think... um, I, I, I tend to think going to see a psychiatrist for your four and a half year old uh, marks a failure of the parents to be able to handle a situation that maybe they should be able to. But many people you talk to will say um, it's never a bad thing if your kid has another person that they can uh, divulge information to, that they can put their uh, worries into. Um, just another person to talk to because maybe they don't feel they have that and they might not talk to their parents in the same way. So if there's another person that can build trust with them, go for it. Um, we have good health insurance. We live in a world where many people are open to talking to, uh, to professionals, uh, in the mental health capacity. So why not? Let's look at it. And, you know, Liam's behavior has been, uh, tough and such that I, I'm open to the possibility because especially as I go to MBA, part-time MBA program, which is actually starting tonight, I'm not going to be around as much for a couple of nights a week for potentially the next couple of years. And so we really need to um, make sure that those who are left to watch them on those days uh, have the tools and uh, the processes in place to succeed. And to not be in a situation, I don't want to be in school and be worried about what's going on at home. So I'm open to this. So today we go up to the satellite office to meet with the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist never shows. 20 minutes we waited, never showed. Uh, My wife called them and of course I was late to work to do this uh, appointment. And uh, so it was a bad thing. We never heard back. Uh, My wife, Melanie, did end up hearing from the psychiatrist later in the day who said this is the only time in her career this has ever happened. She apologized apologized profusely and said, please, I will make it up to you. Let's meet. I swear this has never happened. Fine. But coming out of that uh, potential appointment this morning, um, empty without having uh, conversed with anybody, felt like a real kind of punch in the gut, a real failure in our ability to move forward with this. But I tell you, sometimes there's a happenstance to life. Why? I got in my car and I tend to listen to um, The New Yorker or The Economist, the things, the the magazines I read, the periodicals I read on a daily and weekly basis. A lot of them have an audio component because I don't have the time with these two children to be reading uh, as much as you need to read to finish them that way. So I tend to um, complement with the audio feed. And so The New Yorker has basically audiobook level uh, narrators uh, reading the articles to you. So I'll do that. And The Economist as well has audiobook level narrators reading to you. And I'll do that. Probably ends up being with The, uh, with, uh, the New Yorker, probably 30 to 50% of my consumption um, of that magazine per week is done via, via the ears, via audio. And The Economist is probably close to 75 to 80 to 85% is done through audio at uh, one and a half times speed. I really plowed through that um, from Thursday through the weekend. So this morning I got in again with a little uh, feeling like we failed a little bit, not being able to meet with someone, having to go to work a little late. And I got in and I teed up the next um, article in the list for The New Yorker, which happened to be on parenting and sort of a, um, a, a what was it called? Like a, uh, a numbers-based um aspect on parenting. It's almost the money ball of parenting, uh, using, um, research and, 
uh, you know, kind of an economist's point of view on parenting. And I couldn't have had this article hit me at a better time because this article in The New Yorker, which is based on an economist named Emily Oster, I think out of Brown University in Providence, she ended up doing kind of numbers-based research on pregnancy first and then on parenting. And so there's one article, or no, there's one book out now called Crib Sheet, and I'm going to absolutely buy it because... I like looking at research and facts to make decisions. And so as a parent, you're just shooting from the gut all the time or shooting from the hip, thinking from the gut. And it doesn't end up right. As I said, you yell at your kid and what is it doing? And he just, you know, he ups the ante more and yells back and you're just a silly fool yelling and talking and uh, screaming at a little kid. He's got under you. He's got under your skin. You can't do that. You got to be in more control. We're the adults here. And I like this article. And this article, point by point, was like basically answering to me all the things I would have asked of this psychiatrist who never showed. So it's amazing how happenstance works sometimes. And so I'm reading, I'm listening to this article the whole way in. I couldn't believe how edifying it was. And I'm going to get this book. And then even within the article, there were programs you can use. And one of them I'm going to look at, I bought the Kindle book today, is 123 Magic. It's a whole plan for how to deal with kids when their behavior goes sideways, when there's meltdowns, when there's tantrums. And there's a plan in place to uh, to attempt to... Um, assuage those, uh, those, uh, instances where the kid goes off the rails. And so I think I'm gonna have my wife and I read this and let's see what happens. I want to get more control of this. Again, I got school coming. I got things happening. I'm not going to be home as much because I feel like when I'm home, I can kind of control things a little better. I'm not going to be there. So I want to get a plan in place and I kind of want to get something that really identifies with the way I live my life, which is uh, vigorous research. Um, in order to make decisions about what I do on a daily basis. That's just how I am. I observe and I research. Whether I'm buying a streaming music platform, a streaming television platform, a book, a magazine subscription, a ride-on mower, <laughs> anything I do is intensely researched. A hotel, a place to go on vacation. I'm intensely researched and my, um, my gut is then informed by that research and I tend to make the right call many times. With parenting, I don't like shooting from the hip, uh, you know, all decisions from the gut. I don't like it. It doesn't feel right and it doesn't work. So I couldn't have had a better article at a better time than this New Yorker article on um, Emily Osten, I believe her name is. So amazing again, how these things can happen. You feel like you're at the bottom the person that you thought was going to maybe help doesn't even show up. You're late for work. You're in a bad position. And then you just hit next on that thing you were going to, uh, that next thing you were going to play. And it happens to have all the answers you were looking for. And now I have something by the end of the day to move forward with. And I'm going to be excited to see what it does. And if we can regain control of this and the other piece is the kids four and a half, who knows if in a half a year, as he's very, uh, accustomed to having this new little guy in the picture, if things become normalized, and, uh, you know, an acclimat- uh, acclimatization happens to the uh, situation. So, folks, thanks again. Um, parenting is tough. And uh, so this was my uh, mixed minus musings for today, Tuesday, May 28th. Over and out. See ya.